Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You've had a real long day. Nothing good is on the radio. So let's talk your troubles away. Just a couple of guys trying to analyze the things we do and see. Play a game or two, maybe an interview. What a place to be! It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way! What a good sign! What a good thing! It's a good day for a good time with good hang. Right into it. Hello. What? Good morning, John. Uh, whoa! I'm like caught off guard. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? It's going all right. You literally just like started your day, right? Yeah. Well, good morning, and maybe good morning to you, listener, if uh, you are also starting your day. Um, are yeah. mornings a good time to listen to podcasts? I feel like, like, it's 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 very it's a very like crowded medium, you know. Like, it's yeah. a very crowded thing to put into your head first thing in the morning. I feel like, but any, I'm definitely guilty of doing that. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I feel like any time that you listen to a podcast, a podcast, a podcast is a good time, especially <laughs> if it's good. Hang, that's just some weird self promotion to our the only people who listen to us. Self promotion to the people that are currently listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless um, someone isolates it, and anyway, no, no, I like listening to podcasts whenever, basically, right? Like what I've been doing recently is that um, because I'm so tired <laughs> mm-hmm. that I'll like go to sleep listening to a podcast, wake up, turn on podcast again, and snooze. It's like someone likened it. I saw on Reddit recently to like it's like bedtime stories. I'm like, yeah, it's very soothing. Haven't you like gotten into a rhythm yet? Because you've been in this like phase of more teaching and everything yeah. for like three four months now yeah like the whole 2021 yeah basically yeah yeah um yes and no like i found i found my rhythm but i think it's still like it's still just too much right like i feel like i'm constantly giving everything i'm doing only like 70 percent of my effort because that's all i can muster oh so like that's what i'm trying to like figure out now but restructuring maybe i think because i get this because like like I don't know what the lessons are specifically, but it's like you don't want to shortchange your students, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I think I think for my students, I'm giving them as close as I can to... I'm giving them like 90. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like... And, and I, when, I, when I say that, I don't mean like attention. I feel like just overall effort. Right. Like no, it's more like just energetic exertion. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas normally I give everything 100%, which sounds probably like, is the like problem. you need some like scheduling restructuring, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like just... just like for for the sake of everybody involved in the process, mm-hmm. yourself, students, the facil- facilitators, whatever it is, yeah, it's like it's it's just what it is is basically like unexpected success. So it's like whoa. So I need to like get it un- wrangle it under control, right? Um, but that's the life of a freelancer. It's just like you know, like for once, all facets of my uh, career are doing really well. So it's like nice. I need to like the the downside of that is I need to be able to. Like, I guess, handle it. Yeah. But, like, okay, so I have the otter sh- the second otter show coming up. After that, I have a holiday. Get your tickets, guys. Get, well, yeah, the first sh- otter show, we didn't really even talk about. It, but they went really well. Did, did podcast people show up? I don't know. You I don't think bastards. so. You bastards. You 
fucking double crossing <laughs> bastards. The moment we ask you for some money, you just, you just, you just, you just, you just, you're just gone. You just slough off. Uh, I, I still see, love you. I see what it's like. <laughs> Dude, Nathan's actually visibly angry. He took off his shirt. Now he's just flexing. It's weird. Uh, no, but yeah, guys, if you guys, if you guys, um, have a good, want a good time next 15 and 16, I think it's 14 or 14 and 15 of May. Right. Whatever the Friday and Saturday is. But yeah. Otters United at the substation. Check it out. It's really fun. Awesome. Nathan came and watched. Yes. I thought it was a good time. I feel like it was like ghetto theater and it's best. I thought it was like, you know, it was just like a good fun show. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's, okay, like this is not a knock on like the local scene or whatever, <laughs> but like a lot of the shows that I see in Singapore, if it's a theater show, it tends to be something very heavy, yeah. something very like, like, like contemplative yeah. and, 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 and like lots of introspection yep. and things like that. Which is um, great. It's great, but it's also like you that shit's gonna like like be heavy on you for yeah. like a while, the next few days even. Or if you're not in the mood for that, then you might completely just shut it out. Um on the other side of that spectrum, you have like improv, yeah. which is like kind of accessible, kind of hit and miss, potentially could be the worst night of your life if they're not that is go- so if they're true. not good. Um like I have gone to improv shows where like I felt like I put in more effort than the performers <laughs> in trying to like as an audience member. Yeah, like trying to give them laughs and make them feel good. <laughs> you know, I've definitely been to some improv shows where I felt like I was putting in more effort than them and they were just crumbling in front of us. Okay. And it just made it uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? Um but this is like a nice in between, you know? It's like it's like a scripted prepared show that you guys did, but it's lighthearted. It has mm-hmm. like the energy of improv. It has like this levity to it that I think people need yeah it definitely feels fills a niche you know what i mean yeah it's like it's lighthearted. it's nice it's a it, nice little like it, you don't have to like be picky with who you bring to something like this yeah you know like, as opposed to like the play about the rape of nanking or something sure you know don't bring your japanese friends yeah I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh yeah but it was it was good and it, it's cool because it's like yeah exactly what you said and thank you for saying so it's just like it's good to be out with people. It's good to watch a show. It's mm-hmm. good to put on a show. Mm-hmm. And it's just lighthearted. Lighthearted. We did like eight, three minute, four minute sketches. Yeah. And it was good. People enjoyed it. We had a good time. Check it out. Check guys. it out. Like, get your tickets now before they sell out. Yep. But I must say, dude, like the fucking social distancing rules for Weird, theaters, right? it's so dumb. It's relatively arbitrary. It's dumb because like I've seen it done so many different ways in different places. So it makes me uh-huh. wonder what's the standard? Like, so, so for your show, they chose to do it in a way where... Only individual seats. Individual seats, mm-hmm. which is horribly just stupid yeah. and, and horrible for the people putting up the show. That's how Substation does it, yeah. Because, you know, say you show up with your friends and like you're a group of like five friends and you had dinner together at a table, you took a card there to the venue, <laughs> yeah. you you are queuing up <laughs> yeah. together, and then you walk into the theater. The moment you cross that sacred barrier of the da, theater, da. you're put into individual seats, at least two chairs away. And like and, and you're essentially five people taking up like ten seats. Yeah. No, more than that. One, five, five. I think one, it's like two, four 15. around like five per 15 person. Fifteen right? seats. Yeah. You're five people taking up fifteen seats because you're not allowed to sit next to each other, even though you've been in close proximity for the last eight hours. Yeah. And it's like it's just you know, yeah. like phase one, sure, but we weren't even doing shows then. Exactly. Phase two, sure. But like at this point, if 
a hundred people can be in a hawker center without masks eating together indoors, you know, or even worse, like one of those like indoor kopitiams in a shopping mall where you <laughs> yeah. have like hundreds of people without masks sitting in very close proximity to each other. If that can happen, let's ease up on the like the show restrictions. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Probably the government. government. Yeah. yeah, fuck you, government. Like, jeez. <laughs> Coming in real coming hot today. Way hot, yeah. <laughs> um, Morning of vengeance. <laughs> Slow me down. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like it, it. It just makes me, as a performer in the media industry, feel very neglected. You know, because this directly affects the income that you guys can make. You know, you yeah. guys could have easily sold two hundred more tickets. Yeah. If it, if they just kind of like okay, three people that came together sit together. Two seats in between, like the cinema or something, which not even, I don't even know what they're doing yeah. now. But like, you know, just sit next to the people you came with and then leave two seats or three seats even or four if you want to be super careful. Even that would be like a marked improvement from like keeping everyone two or three seats separate from each other, yeah. even though they showed up together and are going to leave together. It's ridiculous. It's a, I think um, it makes the performers feel like shit too because you're looking out at like mostly emptiness. Pretty much. Well, there's also the big gap in between the audience and the performers, like that DMZ no man's land that we're not allowed to cross into. Yeah. No, okay. See, like with weird. those things, like I vaguely get it in the sense of like, oh, yeah, okay, you want to keep that like, you know, Shamu yeah. distance of like the splash zone. The splash zone. Yes. Like, sure. Called. Sure. It's. Literally just like, you, why can't you sit next to the person that you came here with? Yeah, yeah, all the theater people are saying that. Like, <laughs> Ivan so Hang dumb. posted about that. It's just, there's a couple things in play there. I think there's one also is like, depending Wayang. on the size of the theater. It's, it's Wayang. <laughs> it's straight up Wayang. It's just, it's theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's theater of the government. Theater of safety in the theater. Yeah. Well, fucking stupid. Yeah, I know. I and I just can't help but feel neglected as someone in the I feel industry. You. You know? oh, I feel you. And it's it's funny that we're talking about that as there's like another potential wave of tantoxin clusters forming and growing like an amoeba. Eh. Yeah. Eh. I think they have it under control. Yeah, yeah. So far it sounds good, but it's yeah. like with all the whispers of like, oh, we might go to lockdown again. And like, oh, blah, blah. I was just like, oh, God. I, I highly doubt we're going to go into I another lockdown because look at other parts of the world and how much they're opening up despite having like a magnitude more of cases than Singapore. Singapore we're 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 down to like single digits or we were down to single digits. Yeah. But because of this like slight cluster now we're in like the slight double digits now. Yeah, but it, but can, it's it nothing... can spread very fast, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's like... also like nothing I'm not I'm not saying that it won't spread. Uh-huh. And I, I like of course there's no way to know that sure. and I'm not suggesting that it's not dangerous, not at all. I'm just saying that it's probably not in their best interest to like backpedal on restrictions. Yeah. Because when you look at the rest of the world and how they're opening up, um, despite their severity of cases, but like life can still kind of go on. I feel like because they have this example now to base off of, because before we didn't have anything to base off of. Uh-huh. Like it's just we didn't know what COVID was. But now that we've seen other examples in other populated countries, much more densely populated than this one, and how they are managing things or not managing things and still kind of being okay, yeah. I think at most, Singapore is just going to like up the number of social distancing officers in public. That's interesting that's your takeaway. Because my thing is that I'm sure the government's like, oh, we don't want to be another India or, you know. Small-scale India. I'm not talking about India, though. I'm talking about, like, the Europe's and the U.S.'s and, like, 
the places that have been slowly opening up and doing well, things. They've done multiple lockdowns. Like for example, France has gone through like three, I think. Yeah. So it just depends. A lot. And then America, obviously, I think they're up to like 30% vaccine mm. distribution so far. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, where the fuck is our vaccine? Why is it taking so slow? Why is it going so slow? I, I don't know. Yeah, we haven't right? done much research into that. What? Give me my vaccine. Um, I know a Please. good amount of people that have gotten it, but like... Same. Um, Teachers and frontline workers. Yeah, I don't I really know. know when it's our turn. Yeah. Uh, it just seems slow. Like, it seemed like it should be here by now. I feel like podcaster is very low on the list of priorities. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but you're like a national treasure. That is true. And friends of <laughs> national treasures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vaccinate me. <laughs> While I berate you on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, tell them that. Vaccinate me or I'm not doing National Day. It's <laughs> coming late. up soon. <laughs> Too late. The next one. The next one, which is coming up soon. Yeah, but they've already figured that out. Probably. Son of a bitch. You caved, didn't you, you <laughs> schmuck? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think at most Singapore would just like um, get really strict with the rules, but probably not go back to like, you know... Yeah, phase two restrictions. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I doubt it. But fingers crossed. Fingers you never crossed. know. You never know. But uh, just be paranoid and be safe. I think I if guess. a, I yeah, think if another now. cluster forms, I think we'll go into lockdown again for sure. But here's the thing, too. You know what's funny is that, which which just goes shows the amazing effectiveness of the trace together system is that, but also the scariness of the spread is that I know two people personally who received notifications that like, oh, you may have overlapped with one of these people. Yeah. Which the fact that I know two people, it seems like a, a, it seems like a lot. It's a little scary, but it's also like airing on the. It's really really airing, airing on, on the side of caution. Yeah. Yeah. So like, even if like you drove past the place, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. like it, like uh, uh, like for example, like as long as you check in the same place is what it is at the same time as the people. That's how they get you. Yeah. Um, oh, it doesn't go just by like location, isn't it? A thing where like if you walk past somebody, like because like that's why they ask you to keep your Bluetooth on. Because yeah, like it also goes by proximity. Both the people I know, like they, they said, it was like, oh, I was at, I was one person was like, oh, I was at Junction Eight at the same time. This one other person was like, oh, I was at Vivo at the same time. Yeah, because so, my mom got a notification as well. Like a oh, few weeks now ago, I know three people. Like a few weeks ago, from the the guy that went to the Kashimaya uh-huh. and like spread his COVID all over there. <laughs> um, yeah, and she also got notification. Um, so it's erring on the side of caution, but you know, I guess you can never be too safe, and it's awesome to have this kind of system. Yeah. Um, even if it's like for like the vaccination, for example, like I believe in the U.S., their current system is just you get a piece of paper. Yeah, you get a piece of paper that is like mail, right? impossible to keep track of, <laughs> as opposed to like over here, where once you get vaccinated, it's uh, it's automatically like registered in the app, right? In your Trace Together app, so like it's just right there. You have documented, governmental approved, very um, notice that you have been vaccinated. Yeah, I mean that's so, that's the efficiency of a small country as well. Yeah, like well, I'm thankful for things like that. So like you know, I I might I might piss on you, Singapore government, but you know you're, you're all right. You you good? <laughs> I give you my good piss. Yeah, I actually never asked. Your parents are vaccinated, right? Or they would have been right by now, right? Yeah. Okay, because my parents just got vaccinated too. So wait, have they? No, they haven't. How come? I don't know. Wait, let me. I can't remember. If they chose not to, are they anti-vaxxers? No. At least my mom isn't. And, like, she hasn't gotten vaccinated, I think. I'm not sure. Wait, I can't remember. I oh, genuinely okay. can't remember. Yeah. It just, ha- like, the vaccine just hasn't really been in the forefront of my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> would, they, would they be in the, are they over 65? No, right? Yes. My oh, dad, dad is. is. Mom isn't. Yeah, but she's obviously over 45. Yeah. What if she wasn't? Okay. Like, your dad's a pimp. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and you're mathematically impossible. Yeah. Um, nah, yeah, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. It's, not, it's definitely not a forefront of my mind. But um, uh, speaking about the government and what has been in the forefront of my mind. Oh, what's this now? I don't know if you saw this story, John. What is this? And I, I haven't really heard people talk about it per oh, se. I feel like a hot take is coming. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of hot. It's going <sighs> to be like a little hot of a take. Oh, let me get my oven mitts on. <laughs> it's going to be a slightly hot take because when I saw this story, I felt a certain way about it and I, 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 and I want to just like parse it out with okay, you right, right here to kind of like Let's figure get into it out. It. So, um, I believe it was a few years ago um, uh, this Swiss expat in Singapore, he got um, hit by hit a, by a bicycle. He got hit by a car. He was yeah, cycling. Yeah, yeah. He was cycling and got hit by a bicycle. Yeah, I read about this the other day. Yeah, and um, he unfortunately suffered uh, very debilitating injuries. Yeah, brain damage. Um, yeah, and it's rough. You know, it's it's never a good thing. Um, uh, it's I, I'm 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 happy that he is not dead. I'm happy that he is like still like. Maybe not fully functioning, but at least somewhat functioning. He and needs like round the clock care, though. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you know, all these accidents always unfortunate. Um, it came out the other day that he got a record payout of thirteen point six million dollars. Yeah, for, for, from the insurance company for his accident. Um, when I saw this, I was just thinking, like, because <sighs> like we cycle, yeah. Right? When you when you choose to bring your bicycle on the main road, mm-hmm. I truly believe it's your responsibility what happens after that. Um, I really do because like there are safer ways to do it. I uh, have cycled for many years, <laughs> yeah, and I choose not to cycle on the main road when there are cars on it because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bicycle and they're a car. So like, I'm pretty much just trusting them to like either a be nice despite my huge speed disadvantage or B like actually see me. Yeah. You know, be it nighttime or daytime. Yeah. But essentially I am taking a disproportionate risk by choosing to go on the main road as a bicycle when there's traffic on it, you know? Yeah. Conversely, a few weeks ago in Singapore, uh, Two back-to-back horrible lorry accidents happened. Um, These I didn't hear about. With migrant workers uh-huh. being stuffed in the back uh, like equipment yeah. because no one has figured out a safer, better way to do it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. a fucking bus or something. Because, um, you know, if you live in Singapore, you've probably seen this phenomenon. I, I don't know. It's probably common in all parts of Southeast Asia. But um, in Singapore especially, we have a lot of migrant workers uh, come in here to do construction work. And when they are transported from their dormitories to the construction sites, most times they are just stuffed like sardines in yeah. the back of an open lorry. Yeah. Like a pickup truck, but even bigger. Yeah. They're pretty much just stuffed in the back of an open lorry. Sometimes not even that big. Yeah. Like they're like eight, yeah. ten people just like sitting next to each other. Um, a few weeks ago, unfortunately, there were two back-to-back accidents on a highway. Huh. Um, uh, and, and there were deaths, you know. And when I just look at these two different things, one, this person, again, like, I'm not saying that this was like, that he's evil for what he did or anything. No, no, no. Like, it it was an accident, no intentions, unfortunate that it happened to him, happy that he is still living. But 
to a certain extent, he chose to cycle on that main road on a busy day on his bicycle with many cars on the road. Again, car versus bicycle, not difficult to see which one is like at a disadvantage here. As opposed to these migrant workers who had no choice of the matter, they didn't have a, ch- a choice of taking a grab. They didn't have a choice of taking the train. They were put in the back of that lorry, and accidents happened twice within a week. And I believe three people died, yeah. um, multiple more injured. Uh, I might be wrong on, on, on the three. It might be four by now. I'm not sure. But it wasn't okay. Um, meanwhile, this guy on the bicycle, because he was a high-ranking banker, expat worker and everything, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. got a payout of $13.9 million. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, these migrant workers, I don't believe they're getting nearly a fraction or of a fraction of that compensation. Um, who's, um, whose insurance? Is it the, the, the bike cyclist insurance or the drivers? The drivers, right? The driver's insurance company is going to have to pay the cyclist $13.9 million. Um, I don't know. I guess I feel you. Like it just, it just displays this like massive injustice. First of all, this huge imbalance in the system that of course everyone knows about, but it's just that when you see it this plainly, it feels a little gross. It's gross. But and the, just to break it down a little bit, just just to make sure people are like, what the fuck? That's such a huge number. But like they calculated his basically what how how they calculated. Because he was a big important him. person that was going to make big important money. Yeah. As and opposed he, to he can't work for the rest of his life. And his salary was six hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife had to quit her job too to take care of him, mm-hmm. and they have a couple kids. I understand all so of they that. Multi- but, but that's how they got to that huge number. Yeah, I, I think understand all of like, that. And like, and like, I'm not saying that that number is not justified. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not mad at him for getting his uh, uh, compensation for the horrible accident. Not at all. I might be a little mad at the concept of him cycling on the main road <laughs> because, again, coming from me, a person that cycles to most places, there are safer ways to do it. I cycle on the sidewalk all the fucking time, unless it's at night yeah. or early enough in the morning where you can cycle on the main road and there are no cars. I mean, that's, there's a lot of different things that play, play here because I think so many other countries have figured out how to have cyclists on the road, and Singapore needs to get it too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. It's just that it's not the government on the bicycle. You're on the bicycle. Sure, sure, sure. It's your you figure it out. You know, like sure, 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 <laughs> figure sure. it out for yourself. Like how to do it safely. Sure, sure, sure. Some people choose to put lights. Some people choose to wear helmets. Some people choose to not cycle on the main fucking road yeah. where there are cars and buses that, and motorcycles that travel at many, many, many more times uh, a speed as, than a bicycle. Well, there's there's also the idea that like, well, if you're on the sidewalk, you're putting pedestrians at risk, which is like. No, you're not. It's uh, easier. People, I don't agree, but some people will say that. I've got into big debates about this, and it's very annoying. Okay, you're putting pedestrians at risk. Yeah. Like, but the risk assessment, okay, just in terms of like looking at it from a risk assessment point of view, mm-hmm. would you rather be a cyclist that gets hit by a car or a pedestrian that gets hit by a bike? They're the, both potentially they're fatal. Both? No. Well, one is... A yeah, lot more fatal. Cars worse for sure. One is a lot more fatal. The other one is like you know you're definitely gonna get like a, a bu- like some yeah. road rash. No, my point but is, but like fatal is like eh, it's slim that's unless why you're like a PMD or something. But that's why cyclists shouldn't be on either. They should be at their own thing. They should have bike lanes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's but ide- until then. I, I know. Ideally, yes, of course. Like that's, but that's not part of the argument right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that if with the systems put in place, it is your responsibility as a cycler, cyclist. I mean, yeah. To essentially do it safely, like but can't you? Also I know say that, that sounds kind of unfair, but like 
like cars belong on roads. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. just kind of how it is. The car doesn't have the option of going on the on the sidewalk. Yeah, you yeah. do. And you have the ability to maneuver around people, to go much slower and like stop and walk around them or push your bike. Yeah. You don't have those options when you're on the road. I don't know, but I also think that and there's a lot again, there's a lot of here, but like have you seen like like proper road cyclists? Like there's no way those guys can go on the sidewalks. There's no way. They go almost as fast as cars. Yeah, then like fucking do no they don't. <laughs> then do no, that. They can go up to like 30, 40 K. Yeah, I like know. My car really goes like eighty when I'm not even paying attention. So it's but like I mean, it's not a competition. And like if I'm not like if you choose to do that kind of cycling, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a valid form of exercise and very much a like, you know, it's a thing that an activity that yes, have fun. Yeah. And this is going to get a little bit racial. Sure. Slightly racial. But this is just the distinction that I see in Singapore that I don't think anyone can contest. Mm. You see most locals cycling for recreation and leisure. Uh-huh. Um, you see most of them cycling on either weekend mornings yes. or middle of the night. Like very early or very late. Yes. Very early on the weekend. So not very, like, yeah, I, haven't, I don't really wake up early on weekdays, so I can't say from yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. But early weekends... You see a lot of locals cycling mm-hmm. on the roads mm-hmm. and weekday nights, basically 11 onwards, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. Yeah. You see a lot of local cycling yeah. out in the streets, doing their thing in like f- rows of five or six. I see most people that cycle during rush hour, like weekdays at 8.30, 9 a.m., most of them are expats. <laughs> like I get that that's like the culture probably back home but like you know adjust yeah, yeah, yeah. if it means saving your life <laughs> like adjust like adjust a little bit uh, like it just gets annoying because like we've seen countless videos of like these cyclists and okay this part i'm not going to get racial because this one can be across many different races or diff- but people that cycle during peak hours of rush hour traffic mm-hmm. And, like, you fucking see one cyclist on the leftmost lane, and then behind this cyclist is a bus and seven cars. That's not an uncommon sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super common. And it's just... It's just annoying. I think, I think it's sucky all around. It's just it's annoying. It's annoying, and, like, I get that, you know, it would be ideal if the government puts in cycling lanes or whatever. But until then, like, protect yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, protect yourself before you fucking wreck yourself. Like... Either cycle at safer times or get a bicycle that enables you to cycle on the sidewalks. Like, you can still do your commute to work and let everyone at at, at your office think you're cool and fit. You know, you don't sacrifice that. But you also don't sacrifice, like, the economic effects of the traffic you're causing. Every second of traffic causes, like, an economic drop. That's just facts. Um, And they're creating a lot of it. And um, you also don't run the risk of getting hit and killed. You know, mm. you maybe run the risk of like hitting a lamppost on the sidewalk or like maybe veering off a, to the side and like trying <laughs> to avoid a pedestrian and like scraping your knee. But you don't run the risk of getting hit by a fucking motor vehicle, at least on the sidewalk, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. me, I, I don't really know. Uh, I, I know that I don't think like, for example, his wife would agree. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just a shitty, shitty situation all around and. I don't think anyone's at fault. I think it all sucks. I'm not saying like, it's like... It's unfortunate that it happened to him, 100%. Again, I reiterate that. It's more just like... 
Yeah, you're saying he should have protected himself. Yeah, there's ways to avoid this kind of shit. You know, I guess so. Like again, this is I I, I want to reiterate. This is coming from like, personal experience <laughs> as well because I cycle a lot. Yeah, 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 I cycle a lot, a lot, a lot. Like more than the average person, and I have never gotten hurt from cycling because I choose to cycle where I won't get hit by heavy vehicles, <laughs> and like I still get places. You know. I can still show off. Like, I feel like a lot of it is also like, oh, look at me in my fucking Lycra suit or whatever. I, don't think like, people are like, I honestly don't think people are like that. That's a weird thing to think. It's First like, of all, we all look stupid in Lycra. Like, yeah, but like they're like showing it though. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to get into that. I don't know. Um, it's just like, I don't know. I just feel bad for this poor guy and his family. I feel bad for the lorry drivers. I feel bad for the lorry riders. I feel bad for the guy who hit. Like, it's all just shitty. And like, we're all doing the best we can. Like, do I think like, do I think ultimately? Because ultimately, your lo- your logic would go to like if you get hit by a car, there should be no insurance payout, right? That's that's ultimately where your logic would land, and I think that's not right. No, no, no. Specifically, like I'm not saying that there shouldn't be an insurance payout. I'm not upset that he got paid out. Mm. That's not what I'm saying. the The payout aspect of it, I am upset that like he got paid so much. While the foreign workers thing, I highly doubt we're even going to see a change in the rules yeah, of, of like. Not. Of like where to put the the workers when you're transporting them, and this is another part of it on why I think no rules have come up or why no regulations or like no like announcements have been made about like what this solution to the cycling thing is. Yeah, it's because of the target audience. Sure, because with the lorry thing, you're pretty much just migrant workers, you know, and who's gonna make noise? Just the people that care about migrant workers, which is admittedly weirdly sadly not a lot of people true you know um as opposed to the bicycle thing which is mostly expats mostly in terms of like the ones that cycle like in the worst possible fucking times Mm. and block a shit ton of traffic it's almost always these really nice bicycles and people hit it towards a very important part of the country to do like important business and I feel like to ban, to say like, oh, cycle is not allowed on the roads anymore at these certain times, you're essentially going to be, that rule is going to target a very influential, very powerful mm-hmm. um, part of the country. Sure. This is where my tinfoil hat goes on a little bit. A little bit, a little, little, little bit. But, you know, that's just my kind of like feeling of like why we haven't heard anything being done. Yeah. Because if they enforced the because like fucking PMDs like that, PMDs were like that in terms of like how quickly they were banned. Yeah, it, it took like half a blink, like they yeah. were there suddenly they were gone. You didn't even have time to fucking like sell yours. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it was it was unsafe for pedestrians. That's the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird because like then you're saying and this is unsafe for cyclists. And but all, it's weird that the rule hasn't changed. I know, but you're saying all cyclists should go on the sidewalk. Yes, that would make that would mean they would ban it. Well, it's significantly safer than a PMD. No, it's not. It's significantly safer. It's the same. Well, okay. I, if coming, anything, coming from my own experience of riding like PMDs and cycling. I, yeah, same. I've ridden both. Yeah, I've yeah. ridden both on sidewalks. I feel like so much more in control on a bicycle. Oh, I don't. I feel so much more in control over a bicycle than a PMD because a PMD, it's like a motor. Yeah, 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 and like speed. No, but and like brakes. PMDs are much more responsive. They take up. They're much smaller. Like I, I feel much safer over overtaking a pedestrian on a PMD than I do on a bicycle. That's for sure. I guess then that's like 
down to personal preference. There's no perfect answer. That's yeah, the, I guess it's thing. down to personal <laughs> preference. It's just that, like, when it comes to just plain logic, motor versus non-motorized, like, non-motorized is always going to be safer on yeah. the sidewalk. But, Nathan, if you're saying that all cyclists shouldn't be on the road, that means that all of them are going to be on the sidewalk, which means that they're going to get banned because pedestrians belong on the sidewalk. Then maybe that's what's going to happen. I really, yeah. like, I'm not saying I have the solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, saying I have sucks. the solution. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, if you're going to cycle on the road, like, watch yourself. Like, fucking, like, like there are... Or, or just do it at safer times, you yeah, know? Yeah, I mean, he did it at 8 p.m., which I think is... Uh, that should be okay. No, it's not! 8 p.m. is when everyone's going home! That's a lot of cars mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. Like, no one cycles at these really busy times. I 8 don't know. p.m. is one of the busiest parts of the night. Y- you, know what I, you know what I keep flashing to my head? Especially like, at Bukit Batok. Dude, 8 p.m. at Bukit Batok, like, find me an empty patch of road. It's I don't insane. know. I, what keeps coming to my head is, like, can we say these kinds of things to, like, the people who are, like, affected by this? Like, could we say, like, what if her... She's not listening, but, like, what if his family listened to this? Like, what, like... Well, I've made very clear before. <laughs> I, feel, I, I like I don't have any ill will towards this case. Sure. Like I'm happy that he sure. had his, what he what uh, like the insurance payout like but was that's able beyond to cover that. I mean, it. he's. I'm happy that he didn't like. He's fucked for life for doing away from something it. that's like because it's like he's fucked for life. Like his life is like effectively over. Sad to say, and then like, it's it like is there blame to be maybe is there something to be learned from it? Definitely. I don't know. It's just all sucky all around. That's I continue that that had to be my stance. Yeah, I yeah, like it's 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 just one of those things where it's like because I I also drive yeah, and I experience firsthand the amount of traffic caused by cyclists. Sure, and it's 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 ridiculous. It's mostly unnecessary. Because a lot of times when I see these like cyclists cause a shit ton of traffic, it's on these long stretches of road where there's like a pedestrian walk right there, mm-hmm. and like we can get into the semantics of where the specific roads are and sure, where sure, this sure. sidewalk is and how this sidewalk has a very low traffic of pedestrians and how that bike would be better off there, but that's just too specific. I'm just saying that like it's weird that nothing's been done yet. And I think yeah. it's because of the target market that it would affect. You're saying that the Singapore government doesn't want to affect the expats, or like all those like powerful, important people that like to bike and stop traffic mm. because it makes them feel powerful, <laughs> while they show their lycra butts to a whole bus of people. <laughs> yeah, I legit just it upsets me because just the other day I was driving uh-huh. on like the like the rightmost lane, uh-huh. not even the leftmost lane where a bicycle should be, uh-huh. rightmost lane bicycle right in front of me yeah. and emptiness for hundreds of meters in front of him and I'm literally just like wow yeah. this guy wants me to drive at 15 kilometers per hour behind him right now yeah. and like it's insane it's insane that you can be that like ignorant to your surroundings like that's the part of it that upsets me the most like i feel like it's our responsibility as human beings to constantly be aware of like our surroundings and make sure that you know we're not getting in anybody's way sure that's kind of like the rules of being a nice person right like don't be an asshole don't get in anybody's way like and be happy do your own thing this is not that i'm Mm -hmm. sure they're being happy and doing their own thing but they're very much in a lot of people's way yeah. Like a lot of people's way, and I guess that's the part, the aspect of this that like upsets me the most, especially. And then, yeah, whatever. not that people died. <laughs> what? Not that people died. 
No one died. Oh, I, I was talking about the lorry people, but yeah, okay, okay. Oh, the lorry people that died? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. no, that's the disgusting part of it, yeah, yeah. that, like, nothing is, or, like, I don't, I haven't heard about anything being done, as opposed to the PMD thing, that was, like, holy shit, like, you, like, I got whiplashed by how fast that happened, mm-hmm. whereas, like, this lorry thing, literally back-to-back, like, it happened, like, within the same, like, three, four days, mm-hmm. I still haven't heard anything, like, of, yeah. of, like, how they intend to change this. And, like, it really just shows you, like, how what society, like, Values. deems important and what's valuable. And I don't know. I thought, ab- I thought about that a lot over the weekend. And, again, I want to reiterate for, like, the thousandth <laughs> time. For the thousandth time. It's not that I have anything against this, this person who had the misfortune of uh, cycling on the road and getting hit by a car. I'm just saying there's a lot that we can learn from this. And, like thoughts and prayers to his family right. and that like his condition uh, 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 only gets better from here on out. Mm. All of that. It's just stop fucking cycling in traffic. <laughs> it's, ri- it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like why would anyone want to do that? It puts you at risk. It pisses a lot of people off. It inconveniences <laughs> busloads of people. Yeah. And whenever it's one, cyc- one bicycle versus an entire bus, it's no question. Come on, just get out of the way. You know? Like... Like, I can't think you're a good person if you don't do that. <laughs> That's fair. You know? I cannot think of you as a good person if I see you just taking your time cycling in front of a bus. If I was in front of a bus at any point of the day, even if it was, like, 3 a.m. at night, I would, like, get off my bike and get on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just, like, you know, don't get in people's way. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Anyway. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> That might be the longest rant we've ever been on. I just feel like it upsets me. It upsets me because like it makes like people that cycle in traffic make cyclists look bad. Yeah, it's true. They make cyclists look bad. I think I'm a very considerate cyclist. I I don't even like ring the bell at pedestrians because like I've done it enough times to know that it scares them more than it alerts them. Yeah, and they'll usually like scramble, yeah. and then you just end up having to stop. Yeah. So what I do is I just get off the road and like I just cycle in the grass or something, mm. you know. And maybe oh, your bike is like a seventy-five thousand dollar bike that that can only cycle on roads. Then fucking change your bike. Get a mountain bike. You live in an urban country. Get an urban bike. You know, if you want to cycle like your seventy-five thousand dollar like road bike, mm-hmm. do it in fucking Switzerland or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice mountains there. Exactly. To cycle on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you feel I feel like you're very emotional about this. <laughs> I'm like tense right now. <laughs> Can I share with you what what's made me emotional this yeah. week? Um so we'll go into the recommend recommendations. I saw I saw two movies and like uh that like one movie that made me like you know that every once in a while you just wanna just cry. Mm-hmm. You just wanna like cry. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm an easier crier than most dudes, but still not like an easy crier per se. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this movie, which is on Disney Plus, which everyone sh- can and should check out, like made me ugly cry. It, the movie's <laughs> called Clouds, and it's based on the life, the death of Zach Zobiak. Have you heard this? Have you heard his song? No. I feel like you, I feel like a lot of people have because it's a song that came out like uh, a little under ten years ago now, and it went right. pretty viral. Right. Like. Um, so it's like a biopic, Disney music biopic thing? Yeah, exactly. Cool. It was meant to be released uh, 
wide, but then it just went to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it go uh, yep nineteen eight years ago nineteen million views this song. You know this song? No, you don't know this song. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Oh, it does kind of sound like that. It's a nice little poppy song, written by the seventeen-year-old guy right. who's reflecting on his life. This is—I think he, I believe he wrote the song after he knew he was dying. It's a nice song, right? Like you know, it's like a I singer songwriter. I've legitimately never heard that song in my oh, that's life. Surprising, that's yeah. surprising. Uh, but yeah, it's just about the story of this guy who is like lung, uh, lung cancer. I think that's what it was. Right. He has some kind of cancer, and like just the last days of his life, and how he like became this unlikely musical star just right before he died. Mm-hmm. And yeah, oh my god! Like and, and like I, I was aware of his story. Like there's multiple documentaries about him, so I knew where the movie was going. But they make it pretty clear pretty, pretty early on that he's not going to make it. Right. And yeah, as the movie played out and as that played out, like, and I was like, oh, God. There's like just one scene where I just like started bawling my eyes out. And it's one of those scenes where it's like it was set up. Not, not to give, I don't want to give this away, but yeah, you should, you should watch it. It was like set up very nicely and was paid off so incredibly well. And I just like I was like done. I was like instantly bawling. It wasn't even like a <laughs> choke, choke. I was like, oh, this is. Okay. It was a little bit like, oh, this is sad. This is sad. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh! <laughs> like <laughs> it was like ugly crying. Right. Uh, yeah. Because and it was directed by this guy named Justin Baldoni, who is who people might know him as the love interest on Jane the Virgin. If you ever watched that random CW show, nope. He got. He's his. He directed the series of short films. Uh, short documentaries all about um it's called my last days mm-hmm. so it was about all these people a lot of them kids who were terminally ill and right. just meeting them and talking to them and stuff like that uh and one of them was zag zobiak who who was who based on who this movie is about it's a really really nice movie so it was one of those things i was like ah, i feel like watching something let me just chuck something on oh what's this oh this looks kind of interesting oh it's about this guy okay let's just put it on and then i'm like then like 15 minutes in, I realized, like, wow, this movie is actually very well made. Mm. For a movie I've never heard about that just randomly popped up on, on Disney+. Plus. I thought it was going to be stupid. I thought I was going to turn it off pretty soon. Right. But I was actually drawn in. Like, the cast is really good, too. Like, Nev Campbell mm. plays his mom, and she's doing well. And Tom Everett Scott, who's the drummer from... Uh, is that his name? The guy from the, mm-hmm. the Wonders from That Thing You Do is the dad. The young cast is really good. It's Disney, and it's also it's based off a musician. So there's it's it's semi a musical, right? In 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 like how once is a musical, it's right. like writing music and stuff. Oh, is is really good? I I'm like still moved by it, even just talking about it. Fun. And uh, there's another movie that the same dude directed called Five Feet Apart, Mm-mm. which is also is it about in, COVID? It's in a weird way, kind of is. No, it's about um, it's about a couple, uh, uh, these two kids who have cystic fibrosis, mm. which is the genetic disease that causes your uh, a buildup of salinity in your cells, right. and the main thing is that it causes your lungs to fail. Uh, and because of that, because it's a specific kind of infection, uh, because infections is the main thing, cystic fibrosis patients are not allowed to be within six feet of each other. So this is a story about two peop- two young people who meet in a hospital and fall in love. And it also almost made me ugly cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, just and like, just I really appreciate how well made the movies were, and I highly recommend them. I haven't watched a good music movie in a while. Like, weirdly, I think the last mu- music movie that I watched and enjoyed was that thing you do. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and Real like, quick though, my top yeah. three uh-huh. are uh, that thing you do, uh-huh. Sing Street, uh-huh. Once, and I guess, and I guess now Clouds. 
No, no, that one's just called Sing. Ah, got it. Sing Street is is made by uh, the one of the British people. Yes, right, got it. It's set in the eighties, directed by the same guy who did Once. Got it. And what's your last one? Once. Yeah, Once. Got it. And and the Clouds. Now is probably up there. My top three music movies are, um, Walk Hard. Sure, the, the Dewey, Dewey Cox, Cox story. story. No, legitimately, I'm not even yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. You write hard for that movie. It's. I still listen to the soundtrack to this day because <laughs> it's like legitimately good and it feels like an accident. Walk hard. Like it feels like an accident how good the music is because like the movie's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, the music's really dumb, but it felt like whoever wrote the music went like a little bit harder than everyone else. Right. And like the music is just legitimately fun. Um, and, and I love how it pays homage to like the eras of music and like it's almost like a mini musical education that was very important to me when I watched it like in the early 2000s about arranging or like what no 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 just like the music education because like they they essentially like parody like music eras yeah through the years yeah yeah they're parodying like you know Johnny Cash they're parodying Fleetwood Mac Mm -hmm. they're parodying like the Beach Boys like all these like very important musical icons and their journeys and they're parodying like that whole thing like like for example like um when when dewey cox had that whole thing where he was going crazy and and wanted to record like the ultimate song yeah that was essentially like a parody of uh the story of good vibrations by the beach boys like i forgot his name but that brian the the one beach boy brian cox no that's (laughs) the scottish actor yes (laughs) yeah the 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 beach boy yeah like how he almost like lost his Brian Wilson, how he's almost lost his fucking mind <laughs> making good vibrations. Like it took them like year months or years and like hundreds of thousands of dollars to create that song. Mm-hmm. And it's insanity. I think there's a movie about that with John Cusack playing Brian Williams. Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Williams is the discre- discredited news anchor. <laughs> <laughs> um I know there's a book. I don't know if there's a movie, but um, yeah, I just remember like it was just such an education musically, and then yeah, other music movies. I guess that thing you do, yeah, and uh, walk the line, which is what a parody of Walk yeah, Hard. That's weird, <laughs> but Walk the Line is actually like because Joaquin Phoenix, man, Joaquin Phoenix like so knocked it out of the fucking park as um, Johnny Cash. Yeah, maybe you might be interested. The movie I'm talking about is called Love and Mercy. It came out in 2014. Uh, in the late 1960s, the Beach Boys' Brian Wilson stops touring, produces pet sounds, and begins to lose his grip on reality. Yeah. Good vibrations. Yeah. Crazy, crazy little thing. Um, Got yeah. really good reviews. The hmm. Yeah. It's been a while since I've watched a movie that like made me ugly cry. But weirdly enough, like lately, what's been making me ugly cry, it, it tends to be like just like things on YouTube. Like, yeah. I can't think of any specifics right now, but like it'll be like a thing that I watch on YouTube that like has like a sad twist to it or something. Right. And like it just like like I just find myself like crying with like not what? Like set up. Like a like news stuff? Like, like sometimes news stuff, sometimes like a personal story thing, ah, sometimes yeah. like a disability thing, sometimes something, like a, something designed to make you cry, basically. Not necessarily even. I know the last time I cried was when Rose Nama Yunus won her title back <laughs> in, in the last <laughs> UFC. That was quite emotional. Have you seen it, John? It's really yeah, yeah, emotional. Watched, watched, it's it. it's like a fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like a fucking movie from start to finish. That whole from the moment she stepped into the ring to the moment she left it, it was almost like a movie. Yeah. It was literally like just so cinematic in how it happened. 
like I don't know again I know you guys don't care but like <laughs> but like Rose Namajunas is this amazing uh, t- amazingly technical fighter um, fought uh, the fighter from China Zhang Weili and as they were announcing her name and going like oh from the US and fighting at, out of blah 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 she was shouting to herself I'm the best I'm the best I'm the best she was literally like shouting yeah. this mantra at herself before the fight went in killed it in like less than three minutes yeah and like, was it wasn't her corner man like, who are you? What are you? I'm the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that was a line, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and then like, like wow. and then like, and then when Joe Rogan did the interview with her, mm. like Joe Rogan was crying even. And you you have to watch the whole thing, dude. For real. I, I, like, yeah, I think I, I watched the fight itself. I didn't watch the the build up or the, much of the uh, oh after God. fight. Like, but like, yeah, I'll it, check it this out. This thinking about it now makes me like cry a little bit. It's more like I'm I, in a mood to cry, and I don't even know what I was crying about really. Like it wasn't sad. It was more just like. You feel so happy for this person, yeah, 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 because you can see so clearly, like the sacrifice and the dedication, and this like full commitment into this into kicking this Chinese girl's ass, <laughs> you know. Maybe that's what made you. Maybe you were like torn, like you're like I'm Chinese. <laughs> I really want. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah, but yeah, um, that made me unexpectedly cry, and it was just a beautiful moment. Yeah, just such a beautiful moment. Anyway. Um, the the hardest I've seen an ug- a person ugly cry at a piece of work was a uh, or you know a movie or something was uh, Rachel my girlfriend she she watched Your Name holy mm-hmm. shit she was unconsolable for like the whole running of the credits oh yeah yeah she was like they love each other so much <laughs> it was great I recorded a lot of it I didn't find that movie that sad oh I love that movie I loved it I just didn't find it like I I got teary up <gasps> yeah. teary at the end it's not a, it's not that it's sad it's beautiful it, it's yeah it's beautiful it's like so beautiful yeah. And, like, there's something about, like, oh, people get what they deserve. You know what I almost cried, too, is when um, when in Avengers Endgame, <laughs> when they everyone arrives, mm-hmm. they're, like, on your left. I'm mm-hmm. like, Cap was going <laughs> to die. <laughs> Those friends are here. <laughs> you know? Uh, speaking about that things that might make you. you cry. Onions. Um, uh, or, or, or sad things that might make you cry. Um, news in just this morning. Bill and Melinda Gates have yeah, divorced. 27 years. Man. Yeah. This story confuses me more than anything else. Because <laughs> it's like, what's going to happen to the foundation? Yeah, well, yeah, because it's more like, don't people like this just kind of? Aren't like, you good? Like, aren't you good? Yeah, like, like don't people like this just kind of like just stick it out till they die? Yeah, get another bedroom, you know? Yeah. You think they're gonna date? I don't know. That's the part about it that makes it weird, right? Like, <laughs> you see Bill Gates of like Billie Eilish. <laughs> Whoa. Well, who's hey, in the news now? Elon Musk is of Grimes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? I don't know what the age difference is there, but you know. A lot. Um, a thing about big tech millionaires dating goth girls. <laughs> yeah. Billie Eilish is in the news now, but let's focus on Bill and Melinda Gates. You know, when, when I saw it on the news this morning, uh, I was scrolling through Reddit, and one of the top comments, did you see the most recent John Oliver? Do you watch John Oliver? A little bit. Yeah. So, like, there was a clip <laughs> that's, like, super awkward. About vaccines? Yeah. And they were showing their... It was a reaction to to like you know people are saying oh the vaccine is just Bill Gates putting trackers in you or some shit. Mm-hmm. There's a clip of Melinda Gates and Bill Gates sitting next to her, and she just goes, "That's not true because that te- technology doesn't exist yet." And my husband hasn't spoken about it or said a word about it. And Bill's just like, "Yeah," like his reaction is just like shit. Like he's like, "Fuck this bitch." <laughs> like, it's really awkward. Let's see if I can pull it up. Really? Yeah. Huh. Strange. Very strange. But also. Humanizing, yeah. 
have all the money in the world. Like, it's one of those things. I don't know what to think about this story because, like, then it makes me think, like, like, what is my perspective of what kind of person Bill Gates is? Like, it almost seems like, like, like he has this, like, almost deity-like position. Yeah. That, like, bec- when something like this happens, your brain just doesn't quite know how to process it. Yeah. It's like... It's really unexpected news. Jesus broke up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's like, like, I didn't even know that he had this, like, kind of... He filled this kind of space, you know, in my head. <laughs> but, yeah, you also wonder what happens to the foundation and all of that because, like... It's such a big part of who th- of who they are of, as a as a yeah philanthropic the Bill Gates couple. and Melinda Foundation whatever her <laughs> maiden name is the Bill Gates Foundation and the Melinda Wing here let me I found the video here let me just throw it to you Nathan okay just have a look at that it's really odd and it just a lot of people are like oh yeah he they look like they're gonna get divorced I know my husband is not vaccinating people and putting a microchip in her arm because. That technology doesn't even exist, and he's never uttered the words out of his mouth, so... <laughs> his reaction. <laughs> it was all... I mean, you don't get a lot from the audio from that thing, but, like, if you look at Bill Gates' reaction, he's just, like, he's he, over he it. He doesn't look that pissed. He's over it. He doesn't look that pissed. He just kind of looks... I would expect someone like him to be, like, constantly tired. Yeah. You know? Like, he didn't look angry or anything. It's hard to read that. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading into it, but it just looks like he's like, I'm so over this. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just assume that people like that are just constantly tired. Sure. You know? Because, like, what the fuck is your life even? Um, I feel like he lives in okay. I feel like he's, I think he's got to figure it out. I think he's, because he's retired, he's focusing more on the foundation. Yeah, I know, but just, like, all those fucking Zoom calls alone. Sure. Where, like, he's using, like, a fucking, like, red camera or something. I don't know what the hell he's using, but his Zooms always look much better than everyone else's. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Actually, it's pretty easy. Like, I just, you can connect your SLR to a computer. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Like, I was shocked because I I discovered that technology, too. Technology, like, like a big thing. But, yeah, I recently started using my my SLR as a webcam, and I'm like, whoa. It's great. It looks so nice. Yeah. Or I I just use, like, a proper, like, Logitech webcam, and it's a huge upgrade. thing. Anyway, anyway, um, life. Yeah, I, th- that's. I don't really have much more in terms of news. Yeah, did you see Billie Eilish's recent uh, photo shoot for? I think it was Rolling Stone. Yeah. What about in Vogue? She, she, Vogue. She's showing skin, and people are giving, giving like. Uh, to be fair, I was just reading about this just before we jumped on, but like. Yeah, it's just like... it's. There's it's people upset. There's yeah, people, people upset because they're saying like, oh, why are you sexualizing her? Like, she's never been sexualized. No, people I are like, why are you sexualizing yourself? And Billy Ash is basically like, fuck off. Like, it's, it's, it's like with her, I... I some people are saying... Some people win. are blaming her. Some people are blaming Vogue. Yeah. Some people don't understand how these things work. Yeah. Um, well, usually when you do a cover shoot with a magazine, it's like a collaboration. Of course. It's not like the artist saying, I want to wear this. <laughs> and it's not the Vogue saying, you're going to wear this. It's very much None like... None of them are 30 Chicago characters. It's very yes. much Vogue or whatever gives like a lookbook inspiration to your stylist or designer or whatever or your management team. And then they approve it and it goes through a whole bunch of approvals. But essentially... What ends up being on the page is the choice of the artist slash the artist's team. Yeah. If the artist team uh, is on the side of the artist, and that's not always the case. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I really didn't think much about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not much to think. Cause, but what, what, what's I, I assumed people would get upset because the internet's the internet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this doesn't really move the needle either way for yeah. me because you fucking let her do what she wants. Exactly. That's, that's the point thing. That's, that, that's the interesting part, right? It's not just the revealing of skin. It's, it's, it's this conversation that has arisen about, like, power, you know? Let's see. Power in whose hands? Exactly. No, exactly that. Let's see. Uh, this is, she fully expects to be called a hypocrite in some corners for choosing to do such a provocative shoot when speaking out against abusive men with songs like Your Power, which is, I think, I think it's out already. That's a single, her current song right now. Yeah. Uh, she says, quote, you're going to complain about being taken advantage of as a minor, but then you're going to show your boobs. Yes, I am, motherfucker. She exclaimed to Vogue's Laura Snaps, Snapes. I'm going to because there's no, because, I'm going to because there's no excuse. Uh, yeah, I, I think the main thing is just, like, do whatever you want. Like, it's your fucking thing. Mm-hmm. There's power in that. It's more just, like, I don't know if it's upsetting or mind-blowing or confusing that people are still, you know, like, still. Yeah. After the few years that we've had that people are still choosing to, you know... I don't know if this is called slut-shaming or whatever. I don't know what this is called specifically, but it feels like a shade of that. And it's it's weird. It's weird that we're still doing this, yeah. <laughs> especially for t- towards like a very current pop artist. You'd assume that most of her audience is pretty woke to the fact that, you know, your body, your choice. <laughs> yeah. Strange. I think a lot of people are like... No, but, but also at the same time, I recognize that when you are a public... So, like, you know, all this being, you know, upset or whatever is pointless because I recognize that when you are a public figure, you essentially open yourself up and put yourself right in the crosshairs of everything. Every fucking opinion, every criticism. And it's not their fault for having it. It's your fault for choosing to be a a famous person, I guess. Yeah. Um, So I understand that. But also, like, you know... (laughs) <laughs> the, I think the interesting part is like there's some people who are like oh I really like your message of not showing yourself and now you are I feel bad about that but again that's still the same it's still like but it's different you know like that was her message at a certain part of her life mm-hmm. she's an older person now you change as a person you feel differently about different things sure like you know, maybe she felt uncomfortable about showing her body before and now she feels extremely empowered to do so Either way, it's kind of none of your business. Yeah. You know? Like, people change, you know? And I get that it can be upsetting when someone changes an opinion or a perspective on something. Um, But I don't know. Yeah. Because I can't, you know, I can't say that, like, you know, oh, you should respect this person's, like, change of opinion. There's no way you can ask someone to do that people are going to think what they think it's just an unfortunate consequence of being a public figure yeah you know like you essentially open yourself up to these things and you have no way to like engage in any kind of discourse you just open yourself up to being like you know shat on essentially um either way i'm looking forward to a new album yeah and and you just got to be okay with it you just got to be okay with it because it's your fault for choosing to be a public (laughs) figure it's your fault for choosing to uh, walk the path that you did and it's not other people's fault for having shitty opinions because they're going to have shitty opinions about everything um, it's just what it is sure yeah 
Oh, I finished. <laughs> uh, I finished Invincible. <laughs> what? I binged Invincible. Also, like the show or the comic, the, the TV show. Ah, oh, I finished the comic eight years ago. Great, is it? It's really good. I loved how they finished off the first season. It's very well made. I, and I can't I, because this is like f- based on the first couple comics, which I read maybe like ten years ago. I don't really remember. Like I knew the big beats of it and all, but like, how close are they skipping to the comics? Sticking to the comics? Do you know? Pretty close. Okay, pretty so good. damn close. It's the, really good. the The thing that the show doesn't do is it doesn't do a lot of like the meta conversation. Yeah, but like science dog. But you, well, they have seance he made an dog. appearance. Yeah, they have seance dog. Seance because, dog. Because yeah. science dog is a separate IP by now. Oh, is it? yeah. That's fine. Um, but. They don't really, because, you know, comics, it's a written medium. So they have the ability to have these, like, textual meta references and kind of just, like, pepper them all over the place. Um, Whereas the TV show doesn't really do that. Not through dialogue, at least. But they do it visually. Yeah. Just in the sense that, like, what you're watching is a very... There's a cognitive uh, dissonance between what you're watching and what you expect from something that looks like this. But really, what they're doing is not anything new. Like, it's essentially anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's essentially, like, taking, like, adult anime, not hentai, but adult anime <laughs> conventions, and slapping on, like, an American animation style, like, to it. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's fucking great. I, I, I love that it exists. I love that they've been renewed for season two and two three. Two and three, yeah. And it's probably going to go for a while. I hope I hope they get a little bit more time, a little bit more budget, because I still stick with what I said. It's like, the animation looks a little bit janky. It's the first season. Give them a break. That's not, but like, that's not how it works. Is that how it works? I mean, I guess, it I mean, is. The Simpsons, sure. Yes. That's but how most shows work, no? Like, they, 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 they don't get that huge, crazy budget off the top unless, uh, you know, they're a HBO but like, show. Rick and Morty looks consistent, right? It's always nope. Been. <laughs> is season one really janky? Season one looks a lot rougher than season four and five. Okay. But to be fair, like, they've always gone for a more simplistic tone. Right. So, like, I guess that's why you don't really notice that, like, seasons four, and uh, three and four are so much more intricately animated. Um, because, they, you know, the they always go by stuff. very, like, yeah. Whereas Invincible, you're going in with the expectation of the comic and, like, the visuals that the comic has and yeah. the, the dynamic, kinetic energy that the, that the, the drawings have. Um, Which is weird because, to me, it looks like they're going for a little bit more still kind of feeling. It, almost like they're trying to mimic comic, but it just looks, to me, it just looks janky. I don't I mean, know. Just, just, just think about... Attack on Titan Season 1 versus Attack on Titan Season 5. Yeah. Just different seasons. Huge difference. Different studios, rather, I should say. Yeah. But again, um, evolution. But the other know? thing that bugs me that I still also can't get over is the voice acting. Because I'm like, it's weird because I don't feel... And it was particularly jarring to me. Okay, so I think it lo- it, j- it doesn't seem like the voice actors are like doing much really and maybe there's like some weird voice you know in other words they're not doing characters i'm like i'm like i'm like that is sandra oh that is jakey sims that's steven yoon that's like that's who they are to me and when it became really obvious like re- became what really highlighted it was in towards the last episode when immortal came back mm-hmm. and i'm like now i feel like this is a real voice actor and it's it's, it's ross marquand he's the only one that i'm like oh it doesn't sound like ross marquand because he's, he doing, like a he's voice. doing a voice yeah exactly he's doing a voice but like you know you don't have to do a, like because like okay like Think of it from the perspective of, like, when you were a kid. Yeah. Did you know who the fuck was voicing Gambit? 
Did you know who was voicing Cyclops? No, but I knew there were voice actors doing. So- you know what I mean? It's it's like a weird Uncanny Valley situation. But it's like, but but if you okay, like if not, you didn't know who J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, and Stephen Yoon were, but that's not what it is. It's, you'd have no problem. No, no, no. There is a quality in their voice acting that's just not sitting right in my ears. Really, it's the same thing that I couldn't articulate it until fucking the visuals until Corridor did a breakdown of it. Like it's just something. It's just hitting my ears weird. I feel like you're like looking for problems with this show. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. It's it's the problems that were presented to me. I, I don't. I don't want to not like it. I never want to not like it. Like, because if anything, I I I like I find the voice acting in this to be like some of the best I've heard in a very long time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like, legitimately like surprised me in the in the pilot episode that like they were going this hard on the emotions, mm. and also just very happy that they expanded on the mom character because. You know, you fucking cast it Sandra O. Oh. You can't possibly keep the mom character the same as in the comic. So they're expanding her like crazy, and it's great. It's hard to explain, right? And I didn't have any expectations, even though I read the comic. But it just, I there's very few times where I feel like the voice matches the visuals. Like the most, the big, the bigger one is uh, Cecil, where it's fucking what's his name, Walton uh, Goggins. Yeah, he's the biggest gap. Like it's just like Wal- it's, Walton Goggins and Cecil is the biggest gap because the the voice I had for Cecil in my head was always different. But with Omni Man, with the mom, with Invincible, like I think their voices are kind of perfect. Like I don't see, like I, first of all, Stephen Yeun's not doing his own voice. He's very much like youngifying his voice. Yeah. Have you heard him talk recently? He doesn't talk That's like that. That's true. I, I I can't articulate it. Maybe it's yeah. something in the recording, but there's just something where it's just not hitting my ears right. That's weird. It's hard to explain. It's like when Justin Roiling came out too. Like I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like it's weird. I, I can't articulate it. Seth Rogen. And Weirdly, Marshall Seth Rogen did not bother me. Seth- Even because his mouth wasn't moving, maybe maybe. Like, maybe it's a sync issue. Maybe like the sync isn't perfect, and that's fucking you up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the lip the lip syncing of like the 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 cartoons. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> but there is something weird. It's just the the recording quality is. I I don't know what it is. I honestly don't know what it is. Because you're right. Stephen Yoon is not doing. He's, he's not, not just he's not just stepping in there and just doing himself. He's doing a character, right? He's youngifying his voice by like at least a decade. But there is something weird. Like I don't know. Like like when when uh when J.K. Simmons was articulating the history of the Viltrumite Empire, I'm like, uh, it seems very disconnected. I can't really tell. But I'm really looking forward to season two, and I think these hopefully these issues will go away from right. I, I but I, I still I recommend it. It's weird because it. like I'm I'm like the audio guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, like. But I don't know. Like a lot of, I I'm, I also recognize it might be like rose tinted glasses because Invincible is like my favorite superhero <laughs> comic book of all time. It's same with me. It's one of my favorites. So like, I don't know. Maybe subconsciously, I'm just kind of like ironing out all the flaws. <laughs> like, this show is perfect. I'm just happy it exists. I'm happy that they're making more. Maybe I'm happy too. that the cast is one of the best casts on it's TV. Crazy. Straight up, it's or crazy. like even like TV and movies, just yeah. like the best cast out there right now. Um, which, you know, it's very hopeful because, like, voice acting casts for cartoons tend to go for a very long time because they don't have to put in a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Like, they show up for, like, two, three days of, like, recording. That's what it is. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Like, um, and knowing where the story goes, I'm just so excited to see, like, where they take it. Yeah. Um, it's so much fun. And also, like, I really love that the soundtrack includes songs like, from, like, when the comic came out. Oh, okay, I didn't really recognize a lot of the songs, but I was oh enjoying the soundtrack God. very much. Like, I was listening, like the soundtrack was coming up, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this was like a band that I was listening to as I was reading this comic oh, when it was out, like in two thousand and five. And like they're playing like a song by The Hives. It's crazy. Like um, that last, what you call it, 
the the last montage as they show like the teasers for the upcoming season yeah, that yeah, they're w- playing that song. That was hype. Uh yeah, that song was like by by the hives. Hate to say I told you so. That was like I bought that CD and played the shit out of the it hives. back in the year two thousand and one. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. But I love that they are like using soundtracks and like tracks that are, you know are from the time when they wrote it, which makes you think like, oh, they probably listened to this while they were writing it. Oh. Is that true? Okay. Because uh, is there was there an Anderson Pack song? I thought I heard one in like episode I six don't or something. Remember, I don't think so. Yeah. Either way, it's great. They Our they have newer songs as well for sure. Yeah. But like, I love that they're peppering in all these like uh, okay classic gems from the early two thousands from like the Hives. It's just uh, Kirkman's. Yeah, it's list, beautiful, uh, crazy. Um, anyway, um, we also watched Nomadland, Oscar winning Nomadland. Um, I don't know if we have much time to get into that. Not really, but I found it. Gorgeous. Yeah, it was I, great. It was I, a real meditative film. I fu- it's it, it it won an Oscar for best director and best film and best film. Um, it's hilarious. I don't know if you heard, but the director Chloe Zhao, she's a Chinese national. Yeah, baby. Um, she won the Golden Globe for this movie earlier in the year. Yeah, which then brought her some acclaim. Uh-huh. It brought her a lot of attention internationally, and then people in China on Weibo found. Uh, 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 a post or like an interview that she oh, did back Jesus. in 2013 okay. where she said, I grew up in China. China is a land of lies. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, that's yeah, essentially yeah. what she said. Yeah. Um, and, and they found this out after she had success with the Golden Globes and everything and then people, you know, more attention was drawn on her. Uh, a few months later, she wins the Oscar. No news in yeah, China. Of not a single story. Oh, they're not it. even embracing her. They're not even trying to. Not at all. Yeah, they've deleted every story from from Chinese social media of her winning the Oscar. Despite sounds like a country despite, of lies. Yeah. <laughs> despite China's obsession over earning Western accolades, right? You know, like it's 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 fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I found Nomadland to be a fucking challenging movie in terms of just like, because it, it's, it's a movie about, well, I, I know, it's, it's one, I know like to, to a lot of you listeners and even to me, it's one of those movies where it's like, I'll get around to watching it one day because it just looks like a fucking slog. slog. Yeah. It looks like a slog and a half. And you know. To be fair, a little bit. Just really briefly. So it's about this woman named Fern. Played there, by are no, there are no Thanosis. Yes, there are no th- Thanosless. Yeah. No uh, Winter Soldiers. It's just the it's just the lady living out of her van. That's yeah. the movie. That's the movie. And what the life is like, basically. Yeah. And a lot of like a lot of the uh, other characters are played by real people who live this nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. It's very interesting. But I, I, I love this movie so deeply because um, it speaks to like that part of me. And I, I think that it it, it 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 would speak to like that part of a lot of people that, especially like city people, that yearn for something outside of the city, um, or yearn for something outside of like suburban comfort. Yeah, you know, but it's also tinged with this, like the sadness of like they had to do that because they lost, like the the U.S. economy like broke down and like basically. Yeah, the movie set in twenty eleven or something, right? Yeah, just um, after the Great Recession of two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, but I just I just found the I, I found the message beautiful. I found the perspective beautiful. Um, I found like the objectivity great. You yeah. know, they didn't lean towards any one side. Um, yeah, like I'd be lying if I didn't ever think of like you know that I want that to be my life. I just want to like not 
live in a house and just like be a nomad because that just seems like a more logical way to be. Yeah. Because connections all eventually fizzle out and die or disappoint you. Um, so like why plant yourself in a place and try to make more of them, you know? Yeah. That's a very pessimistic outlook. I understand that, but <laughs> it's, it's how I feel a lot of the times. Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah. It, it, a lot of the times while I was watching the movie, I was keep thinking, I kept thinking about, um, you know, Alex Honnold from free solo. Mm-hmm. He lived out of his van for a while, but mm-hmm. he did it because he wanted to climb all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, if you have a calling like that and yeah, being unattached to stuff, it, Part of, a lot of times while I was watching that movie, I was like, oh, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind doing this for a little while. But again, it's maybe because I'm just, it's COVID and being too cramped in suburbia for too long, maybe. Yeah. I I I know I'd be okay if that life, I, I, again, okay, I don't know. But I think I'd be okay if that lifestyle. I've experienced snippets of it throughout my life. But the one thing that I know that like my pampered little ass needs, yeah. literally, yeah. is a toilet. Yeah, that's functioning, pretty, that's pretty rough. comfortable, good toilet. Yeah, like if I don't have that, then like can't know, shit in a bucket is what you're thinking. I can't shit in a bucket. Yeah. Like when I went for outfield camp back in the army, didn't take a single shit. That's I was like, I'm impressive. keeping all that shit like up in there. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I just, ha- I, I. Just, like, what do you do with the toilet paper? I just didn't shit for three and a half days. But uh, the people who do, you know, it's just like. <laughs> Oh, they shit in a hole and they bury it. But like, but then what do you do with the toilet paper? You don't have toilet paper. You wipe your ass with a leaf and then you bury it together with the shit. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, that's like the city kid in me. Like that's like my the line I draw: <laughs> sewage. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And like comfortable shits, or at least you know, functional shits. <laughs> right. Shits where I don't have to think about what to do with them after. <laughs> I guess, which makes a nomadic lifestyle a bit difficult to comprehend. I guess, so I yeah. take that. I take that all back. I'm a soft little snowflake. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't last a second. You know, but uh, you know where I would live in is like you know those like that scene where they show those huge ass RVs that probably cost millions of dollars. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd take one of those on the open road. Mm. Anyway, yeah, cool man. Alrighty, I got to go teach those damn kids again. Yay! <laughs> you can update us a bit more on that next time. Uh, uh, but let's hope that they don't kill you. Or, I kill or the opposite, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Do you think you could take 40 kids, though? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, okay, I like, mean, what's, what's the cutoff age you think where you would not be able to take them anymore? Of, like, 40 kids. Oh, of, like, 40 people? Yeah. Okay, so one... Definitely two, yeah. definitely three. Yeah. Okay, let's go up to six. Definitely, All right, really. You, you think you can take out forty-six year olds? Yeah. Okay. Like let's let's assume that we're in some kind of urban environment and there's like stuff around that I could use. You know what I mean? Like if we were like an empty space. Yeah, just say avoid. You're in a dojo. In a void. You're uh, in like an empty dojo with like just like tatami mats. All right. If I'm being super honest, then maybe maybe five would already be pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. But like I feel like if when I take one down, the rest would be like scared, and then I kind of just like, like they would just run away. Like I guess the advantage that we'd have is that we could use them as weapons. They yeah, yeah. Sometimes like just they swinging them the like, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. I don't know, man. I just one of them gets a good shot in my balls. It might be pretty over. Yeah, right. Quick. It's hard. Like I think six or seven is the cutoff. Like I like eighty, like forty-eight year olds, definitely not. Like, yeah. I don't think I could even take 20. Yeah, I think it would be a good fight. I think five, maybe, yeah, four and five-year-olds would be a good fight. 
It'd be entertaining at the least. Yeah. Like it would be, you, you wouldn't know who to root for until the end. Yeah. Two would be just sad. Yeah. Two would be well, like one house. Yeah. One would be I mean, tough to watch, what are we really. Doing? Yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shit we talk about <laughs> in this show. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not talking about, like, we're like talking like, you know, like an MMA type of fight, not like, you know, squish their, I don't, yeah. <laughs> Of their one, their skulls are pretty soft. Yeah, God, that's a real disadvantage for them. Um, also, they're like projectiles, you know? Yeah. Uh, don't. Disclaimer, I guess. Disclaimer. Don't, don't solid disclaimer. Don't hurt kids. Don't, don't do it. Don't hurt adults either. If yeah. you're a kid. Don't hurt adults. Don't hurt kids. Uh, don't cycle in rush hour traffic. And um, Ugly cry every once in a while. Ugly cry every once in a while. Those are the takeaways. <laughs> That's the moral of the story for episode 167. Yeah. Thanks for the hang. Thanks for the hang. What a place to be. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way, what a good sign, what a good thing It's a good day for a good time with a good hang